Welcome to the Live Ride Learn podcast with your host, Sarah Higner. Today's episode is how to get all the things done, some time management tips from me, and a deep dive into what it looks like to produce a book on your own. It is, uh, it's, it, (laughs) I spilled my guts a little bit. So there we go. Welcome to the episode. I am multitasking right now with my kids upstairs. This is literally my third try because <sighs> because I keep having to stop and yell at them. And maybe that's not great parenting. I'm not sure. But I ask them for 10 minutes. And they're supposed to be doing school right now anyway. But that's a great lead in to the podcast because today I wanted to talk about two things First of all, I promised in my last episode that I would tell y'all about the process of writing the book and what it's like and how it's going and all that stuff. But I also wanted to share how I'm doing all the things because people keep asking me how I'm doing it. And I think they think I'm crazy and I might be a little bit. I'm not sure. Um, I, I will say if you can't tell by the intro, my kids are doing distance learning. Our county has been on the news since before school started in August or September, whenever it started, because we have, our county chose distance learning, and I've had them with me all day, every day. They are five and eight, so it's not like an eighth grader that can sit in their room and be responsible. This is a kindergartner and a third grader. And the sweet kindergartner gets breaks every 30 minutes, as she should, because she's in kindergarten. But when she's on break and the third grader's doing class, that's when it all falls apart. That's where we're at right now as I talk and as I keep having to pause. But anyway, so I'm going to just talk about kind of how I'm handling that in case you need time management tips. I am not your time management guru, but I do seem to be getting a lot of things done, although It's been two weeks since I recorded an episode, so keep that in mind. Um, So anyway, I'm going to share about that first, and then I will roll into like how I got into this place with writing a book, how it's going, what's the process, in case anyone has ever thought about it, or if you're just curious. So time management (laughs) tips. Okay, first of all, I just I do feel like all of this is like I I have my Mary Kay business that God has called me to do. And and I have the book that God has called me to do. And then and then I added all this other stuff to the book um, so that when it comes out, you know, people there's more than just like two people that want to buy it. Um, And so I've got a lot going on. And then on top of that, my kids are doing school all day at the house and I don't put them in their rooms and let them figure it out on their own. I make them do school on the main floor so that I can see when they're not paying attention. I don't hover, but we're all on the same level. It's like co-working <laughs> with an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. So um, what I do is, for, first of all, I've had to learn to have grace for myself. And I know that you hear this every podcast and you're like, Sarah, you're broken record. But this is literally the only way I can survive right now is just like, oh, I didn't get what I wanted to do done. Have grace for myself and grace for the kids, y'all, because it's really easy to get frustrated with the kids um, for getting in my, like, quote, my way and not going along with my plans. So easy. Like when I did business coaching, they, one thing I learned was frustration is misplaced expectation. And so when I get frustrated, it's usually because I expect my kids to 
do one thing and they don't do it, right? Um, and so it's just really learning to recognize that, but just have grace for the process and understand they're eight and they're five and we're all doing the best we can. And if I didn't get it done, I didn't get it done. Like I just can't cry that I didn't get an episode out last week. It is what it is. And if I lose listeners because of it, well, that's just life, like whatever. Um, but anyway, so that's part of it. Another thing that I do is I have to break it down into pieces of time. And so I think things like for the next hour, I'm going to work on building my website. And used to, I was like a dog on a bone. And when I had a project, I grabbed it and I didn't let go until it was done. And I've had to learn to release that part of me and that personality trait for now. I mean, I have I have to tell myself this every time, like, okay, nope, we're done. The hour's done. I'm done with that. And just learning like, okay, and tonight it just, it's, it's breaking it down. Last night I sat down after the kids were in bed and I sent out an email to my email list because it had been a month. And so just learning, like, I'm going to do what I can. I'm just going to do small pieces of time. I don't watch much TV at all. I mean, so the time that other people are spent watching TV that's when I'm sitting down and doing the things I want to do. Because I will tell you, my full-time job is being a mom. My next job is my Mary Kay business. Then I also have a horse and I'm at the barn and that takes several hours of my week. It's 40 minutes pretty much each way to the barn. So a trip to the barn is a solid three hours, if not four. Um, And so you know, I have a lot of things going on. It's just learning to break it down and have grace for the process. Um, And I set small goals. So like one of my goals was to have my book ready to release in February. And so that helped me, the, the first book, I will tell you about it. Anyway, so that helped me have like something to shoot towards. But then again, I had to have grace and pivot. <laughs> So I have everything done that I wanted to have done by right now, but then I decided to throw a couple extra things in and it's going to take a little longer. Um, But having those small doable goals and just really breaking it down. And and then there's sacrifices that get made. Like I told you TV. Also, I do not live in a model home. I'm sorry to my husband because he wishes that we did. And yeah, I would love for my house to look like it was on HGTV, but it doesn't. And I sacrifice. I'm like, I can either have a model home that's perfectly clean or I can do the things that I want to do with my life. And so I sacrifice the model home. Um, It is clean enough. Like I clean the dishes every day. You know, I don't want to live in squalor, but it does not look like a showroom. So, all right, that's it. Okay. I'm going to move into the book and how this all came together. And so first of all, the, the backstory, 10 years ago, I was in church and God was like, Sarah, I want you to write this book. And I was like, that could not have been God. That's just my like vain ambition or something. That is not, that's not God. I'm not writing a book. I don't have time to write a book. Um, and so I kind of ignored it and, and it kept going over and over and over again, write the book, write the book, write the book. And every time I was in worship and just in the presence of God, it was just like hitting me, write the book, write the book, write the book. And the deal with the book is it's not like some cool fantasy book. It's um, when I was in Kentucky, I left everything. I left scholarship. I left my family. Um, 
to to move to Kentucky and gallop racehorses. And within three weeks, I was in a horrible riding accident where a horse did a somersault down the track. And while he was flailing and we were tumbling together, he popped me in the face and rolled over me, all kinds of stuff. And then like not long after that, like a week and a half, maybe my horse got stolen, like the love of my life horse. And so the book that God called me to write was about that and how he was sovereign over all of it. And there's so much more. You'll have to read the book when it comes out. But anyway, um, and so, but I was just like, I'm so busy. And then finally, I'm not, you don't say no to God, right? And so I was like, okay, I'll start the book. And so I started it as a blog and I just didn't want to spend like I'm a perfectionist. I want things to be amazing. But then I also have learned that I will spend years trying to come up with something and it's never great. So I've also learned to just release and pick something. So I just called it Live Ride Learn and threw it up there and um, started blogging like one piece at a time. And it's still available if you want to go up and see my decade ago writings. And then we had a baby. And once the baby came out, I didn't look at it again for years. And um, and I, I dabbled in it again a couple years ago for like a week and then put it back down. And when COVID happened, or even before COVID, 2020 for me was the year of following through with the things I have been talking about doing forever. And so the first thing that I really dove into was the book. And I got a writing coach and I started really looking into it and working hard on it and taking what I'd already done and editing it and all kinds of stuff. And in the process of that, I started to think like a business and I started to think, okay, well, this is great. I can put out an amazing book, but if I don't know people other than my little circle of friends, no one's going to buy it. But my mom, you know, and I, I don't just want my friends pity buys. Like I want real people I don't know to want this book. And so then I started diving into the idea and focusing on marketing and branding and all this stuff. And that's part of where the podcast came in was this like marketing and branding. And I started listening to this guy um, in podcasts. Y'all, I listen to podcasts all the time, which is one reason I started my own. I am such a believer in growing as much as we can in small amounts of time. And so I always have a podcast on when I'm washing dishes or I try to listen while I'm driving down the road, but my kids don't love them. Um, if I am grooming my horse, I have a podcast rolling and it's, I don't, I've never listened to a true crime podcast. It's always things to help me learn and to help me grow. And so my main podcasts have been about marketing books. And this one guy, he talked a lot about writing short stories. And he was like, you need to, if you're a new author, you need to write some short stories because what it does is it helps you master your craft. And, and I thought, you know what, that's a good point. And I started mulling over it and I thought, you know what, not only is it going to help me master my craft, it will give me something to put out there. So while I'm spending all this time marketing and meeting new people, I can like give them something, you know, like, or give them a place to go to read my stuff. And so this idea of my little short stories book was born where it it's doing so much for me. It's giving me practice for publishing a book. It's giving me, um, hopefully, you know, a new audience. Hopefully people will find it on Amazon and they'll love it. And then they'll want to read the memoir when it comes out. It just it is doing a lot for me. And so I that's where the little short stories book came from. And I have to tell you, my end all be all is not the short stories book. This all started because of the memoir that God called me to write that is in the process, but I have 
pause for a minute to go ahead and get the short stories out. So I thought when I came up with this idea of the short stories book that I would just get five short stories together, I'd send them to an editor, and then I'd toss them on Amazon as a book. Like I just like grab a cheap to free cover, and it would be really easy and simple. Well, that's not how things work. I mean, it could work that way. But as I said before, I like to do things with excellence. And the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I could like halfway do this and just throw it out and it would be easy and simple. But if I'm going to do it and I'm going to put in the work, why not do it right? And one of the cool things about horse books is there are a ton of people who love horses who will read anything with a horse on the cover. And so um, I think it already gives me, I'm pretty sure, a good built-in market. So I wrote all the stories, got them sent to the editor. My friend told me she would help me with formatting. And I realized, oh my gosh, y'all, it is not just stories. I have to do like a title page <laughs> and a copyright and chapter thingies or whatever, you know, the table of contents and acknowledgments and the dedication. Y'all, I think I could write 100 books just because I love writing dedications. But um, anyway, so that got a little overwhelming. That set me back a couple weeks. And I finally just spent a night diving in and doing all that. Then I go to do the cover. I reached out to a guy and hired somebody super cheap to do my cover. I actually made one on Canva. Okay, I made my cover on Canva. But Everyone in the author community makes fun of Canva covers. And so I'm like, what if this is bad? What if it's embarrassing? I don't know. But everyone who sees it is like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. But I made it on Canva and everyone trashes Canva book covers because they think you need a professional. And I get it. So I don't know what I'm going to do, y'all. Um, but I have the cover. But then you need the back cover so that it can be printed in paperback. So I've hired somebody to make the back cover. Well, then that means I need an about the author and I need a little like about the book and all this stuff. And that just throws it in this whole other thing. And then in the process, you look at Amazon keywords and Amazon keywords is kind of like hitting algorithms on Facebook or algorithms on Instagram, except the thing is, is you're actually making money with Amazon keywords and you're not with Facebook algorithms, or at least not in anything I do. And so so then I just started getting very overwhelmed and I talked to someone who has written a horse book and released it on Amazon and he was like, you need to get a coach. You need to just invest and get a coach. And so I already have a writing coach. But I was like, okay, so I'll get a publishing coach. And I just signed up for one thing with her, one session. And so that's my next step. And that's really what we're waiting on. I have everything. Um, I have everything ready to go. I have it at a second editor because I was like, I'm going to do it with excellence. I'm going to go through one more round of editing. Um, but I've, I've written the acknowledgements. I've written all kinds of stuff. But I just I want a publishing coach to look over it and say, these are your keywords. And these are, you know, this is a good title or this is not a good title. I originally I love the title stories from the barn aisle. But then someone the my friend that wrote the book, he said, look, it needs to have horse in the title. Because it's going to hit your Amazon keywords. So I'm trying to figure that out. I made a subtitle that's kind of long, but it's like, I can't even remember y'all. It's like horse it. Wait. Um, Sarah's not so fairy tale or Sarah's pseudo fairy tale horse life or something. Um, I can't remember, but something I got in fairy tale and horse. I was like, dude, people will get on Amazon and search for fairy tale books. They'll go on Amazon and search for horse books. It'll get both. Um, so it'll hit the algorithms there. But anyway, I, so that's kind of where I'm at. 
And it's just, it's like, it's one of these things, you know, you think, oh, I can just do this and it's really simple. But then the more you get into it, the deeper it gets. Um, it costs money to produce a book and do it well. I mean, like I said, I could throw it up and it wouldn't cost me anything, but I want to have it edited and I want it to be good. Um, and then I want to share with you all just one other thing in case you have ever been in this place and anything. It's actually the most insecure I have felt about something in a really long time. I mean, I, I, I painted in high school and when people looked at my paintings, they go, wow, that's so amazing. And I just didn't feel insecure about it. But for writing, we're also judgy. I'm judgy. If you're an avid reader, you're probably judgy, right? And, and I'm just like, this is embarrassing. And if you you know how you look at a word a hundred times for whatever reason, and by the time you've looked at it the 20th time, it looks like another language, and you're like, is this even a real word? Maybe this doesn't exist. That is what my stories are like. I've read them so many times that I'm like, this is boring. This is plain. No one's going to like this. Does this even make sense? Like, I, that's what happens when you look at it so many times. And so I have no idea, y'all. I don't know if it's good. I hope it is. But this is just my insecurities that I am laying bare before you. And the thing is, I know it's not just me. Every single author that I have talked to about it has said the same thing. That it is, it is like, um, I put this in the beginning of my book. It is like being on a surgery table on Grey's Anatomy, like being cut open. And there's the students like in the observation window looking at your insides and judging your insides. Like that's what it feels like. And then add to it, horse, horse people are very judgy. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to read this and they're going to see the dumb things that I've done. And they're going to, you know, have ugly comments about how I beat horses or something, which I don't beat horses y'all. But, um, you know, they're going to like, people are going to comment ugly stuff and judge my riding and horsemanship, which is like, that's, that's a stab for me, even though it's, it's just part of life. I know. And, it, and, and I shouldn't let other people affect me. Right. But that's just kind of where I'm at. It's a very raw thing to release a book. And I think too, realizing these are real stories. So when people criticize it, which I know will happen, but when they criticize it, they're not just criticizing like some work of fiction. They're criticizing my life. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. So just wanted to share that with you. Um, but yeah, it is, it's ready to go. And that's kind of what it looks like is there's all these little pieces when you independently publish. I will say, you know, the world has changed in book publishing and independently publishing, they're coming out with all these cool names for it. So you don't sound like a loser, but um, it's, it's the new way. I mean, it's kind of like how social media has taken out a lot of marketing dollars <laughs> and people don't need professional marketing companies anymore or as much because they can just do it directly with social media. Well, that's kind of what Amazon has done for book publishing where you can just have your own, you can print per like one book at a time, um, all this cool stuff. And it just makes it so doable. And you're cutting out the middleman. So like a lot of times tradi traditional publishers, if you're not one of their huge authors that is selling millions of copies, um, they don't put a lot of marketing into your book. They will do, they pay for your editing, they pay for all that stuff. Um, but then you only get like a small percent of the cut. Whereas an independently published author, um, I have to pay for the editing myself if I get it edited. I have to pay for the cover design if I have a good cover made. Um, I have to do all that. But then when the book sells, it's 
my profit. Um, and so that's kind of the, it's like a toss up when you're looking at publishing a book is knowing. And I've also, you know, I've talked to people who have been traditionally published. And if you're not higher up, they're not putting the marketing dollars in. So they'll help you produce a great product and they'll get a percentage of the profit, but you're still out there hustling to sell it. And so I just looked at it and I said, you know what, if I'm going to hustle to sell the book, I'm going to like not even try a traditional publisher. I'm just going to like do the stuff myself. Now with the memoir, who knows what will happen with that. But my goal with the short stories book, honestly, is to make enough money to pay to produce the memoir with excellence, to have a great cover designer, to have, you know, five different editors, because that's what a real like fancy book has. There's so many different kinds of editors and everything. So anyway, that's like my another goal with a short stories book is it's like a fundraiser to pay for the expense of truly producing a book. And while hopefully everyone's buying it like hotcakes, I will be focusing on the memoir. So that's it. I'm going to stop there. This is a 20 minute podcast that I thought would take 10 minutes. And um, I hope it was interesting. I'm going to be back into my normal you know, podcasting next week. And I will, before the book comes out, one of my episodes will be me reading one of the short stories. So um, I'm kind of excited about that one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I love listening to audiobooks. So if you like listening to audiobooks, I will be bringing you an audiobook for one of my episodes. So anyway, y'all have an amazing day. And I'm going to go make sure my kids are doing school. And then we're taking my horse to the vet later. Please pray for Silas. Um, Y'all have an amazing day. Have grace for each other and grace for the journey. And that concludes our episode. Thank you so much for listening today. Just a little update. I am recording this part after I recorded the main part of the podcast. And so... Uh, Silas is doing well. There is a little bit of bad news. Um, it's not new, but it's new to me. The vet, I, I told the vet about my struggles for years with trying to keep Silas sound and how his back is consistently sore, um, whenever we start doing fun things. (laughs) And he just told me, you know what? His confirmation, which is basically how his body is built, his confirmation just can't hold up to jumping a lot. And so we're kind of at an impasse of figuring out what's next. I mean, jumping a lot is my goal. That's what I want to do with horses. That's what I love to do right now. And so um, just kind of figuring out what our next steps are. He is family, so he's not going anywhere permanently, but I might find someone to ride him and help pay his expenses and then I can bring in a horse to train or maybe he goes into semi-retirement and lives in a field for a while and lives the good life. I don't know. We're just taking our time and I'm enjoying our time together right now, going on trail rides, doing some adventuring, hopefully some fox hunt soon. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Just wanted to update y'all. And again, if you love the podcast, be sure to like it share it, subscribe to it, all the things. Go check out my Instagram page at Live Ride Learn. It is full of horse content and um, teasers from the books and all the things. So y'all have a great day and don't forget to have grace for yourself and grace for the journey. Thanks for tuning in.